This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Spurs Chat Podcast. Now, this edition will be previewing the North London Derby. What a huge fixture it is this Sunday at the Emirates Stadium, 2pm kickoff live on Sky Sports. Now, I've got three very special guests to talk about the North London Derby. Of course, going into the game, Arsenal are unbeaten in the Premier League. Spurs are unbeaten in the Premier League. Spurs sit second at the moment while Arsenal are down in fourth. Uh, Now, let's introduce our first guest. We have got... Arsenal fan, Kenny Ken. Ken, uh, Kenny, lovely to have you here. How are you? I've been looking forward to this for a long time because I've been watching your show for, I have to admit, I've got a confession of mine. I've been watching you guys for about three years and I've watched, I watched quite a lot of your shows. I shouldn't because I've got no business <laughs> watching your shows, but I've been watching them. I think, you know what? I've seen some of your suffering I have to admit, there are times when I, I go be I go behind a, you know like a sofa and have a little bit of a giggle because the way the way you guys <laughs> talked about Conte last season and you talk about Mourinho, I mean there was a bit of division amongst quite a few of you, but you know it's one of those things where I thought you know what this is a good podcast. So I met Chris about uh, two years ago when after a Northland derby we won a course and I thought. I'll, I've got to grab him now. So look, Chris, Chris, let's uh, come and come and um, speak to my mates. They want to talk about the North London Derby. You thought you were shot when I grabbed you, but I thought, hang on here. I did. I, I was going to surprise you by telling you I've been watching it. But as I said before, absolutely looking forward to being on this podcast. It's a very, very good podcast. You're all diehard Spurs fans. I'm diehard Arsenal. Another thing is, is that you know what I've got underneath here. But I was, but I'm just going to treat this as if I'm walking down Tottenham High Road where you don't wear colours when you're walking down to the road. Now, you invited me into your own, Chris. So, my mum taught me, God bless her soul, she's not with us anymore, that when you go into people's houses, if they've got nice carpet, don't walk in the, in the car, on the carpet with muddy trainers. So, I'm not wearing muddy trainers. I'm not wearing my colours. My colours. I'm guessing you're home. Let me have it. <laughs> Kenny, it's a, 
it's a pleasure to, for you to be here. Um, I'll tell you what, um, if you're watching this podcast, I hope that you've been watching in the last couple of weeks because we've all been smiling. Oh, 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 oh it's funny that. I was a bit busy that time. <laughs> I, watched it, I, watched it, I watched it. I watched it. We'll certainly come on to talk about the good times uh, this season so far. We've got Spurs fan Gary Maloney back with us. Gary, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Not too bad. I, I, you know, I can second what Kenny says. I mean, I must admit, I get a lot of joy off AFTV. I absolutely. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, 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 Gary, I'm nothing to do with AFTV. AFTV. I'm just telling you that does not represent Arsenal fans. Well, let me tell you, it may not represent Arsenal fans, but I make sure everyone thinks it does. And I absolutely love I it. And that's why we hate <laughs> AFTV. And that's I'll, be honest, though, Ken, I'll be honest, Ken, when I met, I met with Chris at the um, um, YouTube Awards, Craig, you were there as well. And stuff. Yeah. When I met, I met Robbie, I met Troops, I met all the guys. And you know what, Lee Gunner, they, they were lovely. They were mm. top lads and stuff. But I'll be honest with you, I get great pleasure if Arsenal lose watching AFTV. But listen, that's what it's all about. Like what you said with the, with the podcast, mm. you know, when Tottenham lose, you, you love it. You know, I've got Chelsea fans that say, oh, mate, you know, when Spurs lose, I love like, jumping mm. in on the podcast and watching it. That's that's what football is about. It's banter. It's mm. watching the other teams suffer. And that's why you get such big highs and such big lows. So I just want to second what you said, because from a Tottenham fan to an Arsenal fan, I totally get it. I totally yeah. understand it. So fair play. <laughs> We've also got channel regular Craig Dearman back with us. Craig, how are you? I'm all right, Chris. Yeah, I'm all right. Welcome, Kenny. Uh, you know, we're a nice bunch. We are a nice bunch. And talked yeah, about. Oh, well, I don't know you, but I've been I've been watching you. And I, as I said, uh, I've I've seen your emotions go from up there, down there, in the middle, and then a bit of confusion because you've got world class managers, but you know you 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 know like I said you give them more time than they deserve, and then. Now you've got age, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. hate him, by the way. I want to hate him, but I, I like him, and it hurts me to say that. I like him, yeah, and I fear him. Uh, well, that, well, that's good. That's a good start, definitely, because uh, we've all fallen in love with Ange very, very quickly. Um, mm. After four, you know, we'll get into it, but four or five years of looking back, it's like, it's like being in a bad relationship, thinking, why was I in that relationship for that long? That's how it's kind of felt. And now you've got this wonderful person that's leading your club. And um, it would be, you know, we'll get into it, but it'd be really mm. interesting to get your take on, are the Arsenal fans a bit more concerned about Tottenham now, if you put your hand on your heart? So, so yeah, really looking forward to this one. And lovely mm. to meet you, Kenny. Nice to meet you as well. Kenny, nice what, have you made, what have you made of Craig on the podcast uh, in the last couple of years? Hey, you know what? His passion there, his passion is very considered. You know, I, I've seen all of you. I've seen them. Um, I've seen Fat Boy, Fat yeah. Boy, I've seen Fat Boy there. I, I, you know, and also you've got the the guy with a rubber face that was on um, Britain's Got Talent. I reckon <laughs> support Spurs as well. I've seen all. I've seen all of them. I've, and you know, it's 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 one debate after another. I personally think that obviously being a North London boy, I've got Spurs in my family as well, and I've. As far as I'm concerned, the biggest game of the season is Tottenham home and away. Your yeah. rivals, all right, not Man United, not Chelsea, is nah. Tottenham. Always Tottenham for me. Don't listen to these youngsters who went to school, you know, in North London and they, they were friends with some Man United fans. And because they're Man United fans, you should give them a stick. They're now thinking that Man United, they hate Man United more than Spurs. Any Arsenal fan, 
Yeah. Man United and Chelsea Moore Spurs deserves to be rounded up around crack chains because I'll, I'll keep it neutral for you lot and be, have stones thrown at them. It's mm. top. Always Spurs. I, I, right now, come Sunday, I'm like a little kid now. I've got knots in my stomach. I've got all sorts of aches. I can't wait. I watch every video of every past Arsenal Spurs game. Come on, man. It's yeah. Tottenham. Tottenham, not Man United. Not, no, no. Not Liverpool. Spurs, it's your lot. I want to beat you guys. Yeah, you same. Guys. Same. Yeah. Any, let me let me tell all of the listeners and viewers and uh, tell Gary and Craig as well that um, just literally minutes after you came out of the Emirates yesterday, you were emailing me, messaging me, saying, we've just had our best performance of the season. Yeah. Was yeah. was there any need for that? Well, yeah, because it wasn't, it wasn't to wind you up. But what it was to do is just try to get, get you going, you know, because, you know, right now you're riding like a crest of a wave. You know, like I said, the sun is shining. Your guys are making home yeah. fantastic football. And you're coming to our ground with a lot of confidence. And I thought it was good timing that we had our best performance of the season because, you know, let's face it, this season we've been up and down in terms of like we're doing enough to win, but we've kind of lost sight of it. We're still conceding quite a lot of goals at home. You know, we've still got a goalkeeper problem, which we solved by getting Raya. We've still got a situation where we've got a problem with... Um, you know, the midfield, Havertz, you know, I don't know what you guys think of um, Kai Havertz, but he's causing a lot of division amongst Arsenal fans. Yeah. You know, some Arsenal fans think, what the hell have we bought here? Why is he in a team? They've been blindsided it. And other Arsenal fans want to give him a, time, a chance. At the moment, if you look through all our games this season, we've been carrying him. Big time been carrying him. Declan Rice is another problem for us that he's playing so well. But do you pay £105 million for a player... For a number six, surely you want to play in the number eight position. So we've got you've got a settled side of you know style of play where you know all the all the boxes are fitting well. You've got you're playing a very like what I call like an inverted um, way of playing with a bit of a difference. You're now playing in a, in a way that it's all about giving um, Madison more time on the ball, for instance. You've got, you know, Saar, you've got, um, like I said, got Bazuma. They're the, they're the athletes, they're his bodyguards. So that gives Madison enough time to pick a pass, hit it long, hit it short or get in the box. That makes you dangerous because you're now, not only are you inverting, you're playing aggressively and you're getting bodies forward in a way that is, is scaring me. That's why I'm taking you seriously. That's why I've got mm. lots of time because I get it now. But the litmus test for Spurs is that, Last season, you had similar results, but you had a lot of brinkmanship. You were like winning in the 90th minute when you were back a couple of goals down. This season, you're playing good football. But the question I've got for all three of you, are you going to replicate that at the Emirates? Because if you beat us this Sunday and you beat Liverpool next week, I'll rate you. I'll be scared because that's the test. You're playing well, but can you go to the Emirates and win win for the first time since 2010? Because I was there. I got, I got, I got eczema. My eczema came up after you beat us because I didn't see it coming. We're winning two 0 Stress. Then Gareth Bell and, and you know, you know Gareth Bell and that. I don't even want to mention a guy who got the win. I hate him. Like, <laughs> but that, that's the thing. That's the litmus test for Spurs. You're caught between two, um, one stall. The stall of we're in transition. You know, getting in Europe be okay, but you're playing this good football. So. 
you may want to go a bit further because if you beat us next week and beat Liverpool, you've got no choice but to talk about, well, maybe we could challenge because yeah. the games that you need to win to change. Gary, let's come to you on that point because Kenny says there um, about Spurs winning at the Emirates the last time we won there and the only time we won there in Premier League competition 2010. Yeah. Um, the, the time before that Arsenal away was the first Premier League season 92-93, just days before they played the FA Cup. So they put a weakened team out and, and we beat them there. So we've only beat them away twice in Premier League history. What yeah. is Tottenham's problem with going away to Arsenal in your opinion? I think it's psychological because we've gone there when it's not even been a good Arsenal team and we've been playing better football and we've just never showed up at the Emirates, you know. And and this is what Ken's saying. Like, I'm not, you know, as a Tottenham fan, I think a lot of Spurs fans are probably the same at the moment. I don't think many Spurs fans are getting carried away about going to the Emirates on Sunday and getting a win because it was the same thing last year. Admittedly, all right, we went unbeaten, but we rode our luck. The results went great. But we went to Arsenal and absolutely turned us over. You know, home and away. Yes, the year before, we we done them at ours, which was great. But when we go to the Emirates, it's a psychological barrier. It doesn't matter how bad or how good Arsenal are. At the moment, we're pretty level-pegging. There's not much between us, right? But I just hope we don't see the same Tottenham team. It's not when we go to Stamford Bridge. It's, you, it's pretty much bang on the same when we go to Emirates, when we go to Stamford Bridge. Chris, you know, you've been to every single bloody away game. You've seen it yourself. And yeah. it's like a psychological mentality block. Listen, you know, I don't want to, like, be defeated or, or anything like that. But what I would say, I just want the team to go there Sunday and don't give Arsenal too much respect. Go out there and play your football. If we lose, what we play front foot attacking football and we go for it, I'll take that. What I don't want to see is us lay back and get hammered 2-0, 3-1, like we've been doing the last few years. It's just not acceptable, mate. I think we should go there. And give them a good game, you know. Yes, I would love a win. And I know a lot of Tottenham fans are saying, you know, already before the game. I know what Arsenal fans are like. Arsenal fans are saying, we got to win that game and that's it. There's no Arsenal fans saying they'll take a draw at the moment. It's only Tottenham fans saying they'll take a draw. But I would rather win that game or lose trying. We've just got to go for it, Chris. I don't want this sitting back and giving Arsenal too much respect. We do it when we go to Arsenal. We do it when we go to Chelsea and we do it when we go to Liverpool. Those three sides, it happens every year. Now, admittedly, we've been very, very unlucky at Anfield and we should have got something. But you can't even say we've been unlucky at the Emirates, Chris. If you look yeah. at our past sort of 13 years results, we've not really deserved anything. We've got one draw in there. And to be honest with you, we weren't even great in that game. So we really need to up our levels. If we lost that game 1-0, 2-1, 3-0, whatever but we actually went for it, I'll take that. But of course, I want to win because 13 years is far too long. You know, he talks about 2010. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You go back to 1990 for Chelsea, you know, Liverpool, Anfield, when was that? I mean, these these sort of things. If you're going to be talking about winning trophies or, or challenging for the Premier League, you can't be going to the Emirates for 13 years in a row and not beating them. When you've got little clubs going there and beating them, let's be honest about it. We need to turn them over in their own backyard. That's what we need to do. Craig, let's come to you. The mood is extremely high amongst the Tottenham Hotspur fans at the moment. And, and Kenny rightly said, you know, we had some dark times over the last couple of years, particularly under Jose Mourinho, Nuno Espirito Santo, Antonio Conte, Stellini, Ryan Mason's taken charge <laughs> a couple of times. Foster Coglu's come in. 
Um, you know, the atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in our two home league games so far has been unbelievable. The atmosphere in the away end uh, for the three league games that we've played so far in the Premier League has been unreal. Are you are you expecting a result, i.e. a win, on Sunday? I'm I'm feeling better about the game having seen us play the first four fixtures, I must admit. Um, last season, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, I don't think I would have come on here and said, we're going to win, because I never, never thought we would beat Arsenal, to be honest. We just weren't good enough. We weren't at the races. And, and let's face it, they, they, the better team won on the day. You, you cannot deny that. And the better team has won this fixture um, many times since 2010. And that's yeah. sadly for us been Arsenal. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's difficult to say that because you are our main rivals. I detest Chelsea, to be honest with you, Kenny. But obviously Arsenal are our, our rivals, our main rivals. And that's the game that we all look for. It's the first one that you look for when the fixtures come out, the home yeah. and away. Um if if I'm being honest, I would have preferred this fixture another month down the line. I think I think we would have stood. I would have been a lot more confident that we would have approached the game Ooh. with a better chance. Just I'm not. I'm not hey, just just very yeah. quickly. Sorry to butt in. You say another month, but would you rather it be at our ground first? Um, I think in this fixture it doesn't matter. Ideally, I would want. I personally want to get the away fixtures out the way in the first half of the season because then you have to play them at home in the business end. But yeah. that's just personal choice. Yeah. I would have preferred the game another month or so into the season, but look, it is what it is. We haven't got the fixtures all-time top scorer Harry Kane anymore with 14 goals, so that I'm sure you're <laughs> going to be happy about that. Um, having said that, we are scoring goals from different positions. Ange Postecoglou doesn't seem to be bothered that he's not playing with an out-and-out number nine, even though Harry Kane wasn't an out-and-out number nine. He was the one that tended to always get a goal against you. So I'm sure uh, the Arsenal fans are going to be pleased to see the back of him. But, you know, I think we've got a very good chance of going there and going back to what Gary's saying. This attacking football that Ange plays, you've only got to listen to what he said. He's not going to, you know, we don't stop. He's, he will not settle for us sitting back. We will not be sitting back against you. And that's why I think this has got the makings of an absolutely cracking game because okay. we beat United and people can say, yeah, they're one of the big, big teams. United haven't been particularly good this season, I don't think. So for me, this is our first real test. Because with all due respect to all the other teams in the league, these these games against the likes of Chelsea, against Arsenal, against Liverpool, uh, City, for some reason, bizarre reason, we seem to do well against City all the time. But these are the games that really get me up for it and get excited. Because, as I say, with respect to the other teams, you kind of expect to win. I'm sure, Kenny, you get that with Arsenal. You go to something like a Sheffield United or a Burnley or something like that, and you expect the result. And, a, and if it's anything but a win, then you're really, really fed up with it. But these are the games. These are the games. And if you yeah. want a challenge at the top, these are the sort of games that you've got to put in a performance. And we've got to start winning at your place. Personally, I would take a draw. But we've got to start winning, as you say. And if we can somehow, somehow get a win at your place and against Liverpool, one game at a time, but then that's when I will be, you know, really starting to believe it because I really believe in Angel. I really believe in this team at the moment because we've got something that we haven't had for ages, which is this togetherness. And that's not just the team you can see. It's through the fans, the whole club. Angel's united this club 
something that needed to happen. And he's done a fantastic job so far. But I just can't wait for this game on Sunday. Kenny, let's come to you. Um, I think you will understand um, some of the struggles because, of course, a lot of neutral fans thought that Arsenal were going to win the Premier League last season. Um, oh, let me just get this out. We're all men here, right? We absolutely bottled the league. Don't buy into the, the pork chops in the media who are going to go around and start saying, oh, you know, at the, at the beginning of the season, you know, you'd been out your second. You're having a laugh. We were dominating yeah. for 93% of the season. If you dominate for 93 of the season, you go and win the bloody thing, don't you? We bottled it, Chris. So let's just, let's just, let's just, just get see. out of there. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm really yeah. warming to this Ken Geezer here. I really, I really do you like just, him. Look, you think, the reason why you've got me in it, on here, right, you could have got any other Arsenal fan and they could have just gone around, you know, at a playground of Christ the King in Taunton Park and said, we all agree, Arsenal are magic, Spurs are tragic. I'm a big man. I mean, it's football. Like me, and talk about the game, and what, and talk. Be a realist. Kenny, Kenny, you're you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. It's um, we've got the league, and I think that's that's why where I had to sort of like stop you and get that in because I don't Mm. people think oh yeah because I'm I'm livid about us. I haven't got over not with um, winning the league. I'm telling you now, I'm not being arrogant, not thinking I'm betting Spurs. When you're in that position, you've got to win it. Yeah. Kenny, what's the expectation amongst the Arsenal fan base for this season? Because, of course, Arteta has said that, you know, the Champions League, we're not in it just for the numbers. We, we want to go far in the competition. Um, you know, you've spent big again um, in the transfer window, Declan Rice. Um, what's the expectation amongst the Arsenal fans? Do you expect to really push City this year and perhaps win the league? 100% right. 100% right. He's got his team now. There's no excuses. This trust of process, you know, seeing us and you know, nonsense, was, was was a case of where he thinks the team has evolved. The minute you start challenging for the, for the league last season, the process is over. You are now one of the big teams in the Premiership and probably one of the, if you're a big team in the Premiership, you're a big team in Europe. This season, I look at it this way, I'm going to be blunt with you guys, 30 years without winning in Europe, 20 years without winning a title, four years without winning a trophy. I'm sorry, Mr Arteta, you don't deliver a trophy, then we need to, re, you know, look again at you know whether you're the right man for the job, because you've got all the resources there. You've got the number one you want in David Raya, because I'll tell you now, Aaron Ramsdale is not a number one. He's one. He's one of the reasons why we probably did win the league because his kicking is so awful. His distribution is embarrassing. Yeah, put that out and got his number one. He's got a situation there where he's he's. We are spending £105 million on a player, paying £65 million on, um, you know, Havertz. We've now got a big squad that can cope with both competitions. He has to deliver. Now, there's going to be a few Arsenal fans, and I say it bluntly, who are going to say different. They've got reasons for saying that. Maybe they're friendly with a club and that, that they feel, well, yeah, maybe we can get... The club might invite us to, you know, the, the shareholders meeting or might get me on Sky Sports to represent Arsenal and I'm the biggest Arsenal fan. You've got to say as it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter resources. You have to win a trophy. You've got to change the league. Yes, City are the best team in the country. Yes, City rival the great Liverpool sides of the 1970s and 1980s and May United's, Sir Alex's May United. But with the resources we have, we have to change. Anything else is a failure. That's not putting Spurs down, not putting Chelsea down. It's just 
do my eye test and the team we've got and the resources we have. You can't, there's no excuses now. There's no process. Simple. We've got to win a trophy. FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League, Premiership. I'll take anyone. I'll take the... I'll take it. I was going to say, you're going to say, will he take the League Cup? Yeah, I might. We'll take, we'll take anything right now. Well, you're not really, yeah. anyway, so you, you blow that trophy <laughs> anyway. But you know, Arsenal have to win a trophy. We have to win in Europe. I'm not saying we're going to win the Champions League, but 30 years without winning the, in Europe is an embarrassment. You've got a better record than than us in Europe. West Ham have won the same amount of European trophies as us. West yeah. Ham. So yeah. I'm just I'm just doing the eye test. We have to win something this season. We don't. Then I'll, of course I'll be calling for Miss Arteta to be replaced with justification. Kenny, let me ask you about um, Spurs in recent years. You know, yeah. um, Daniel Levy in the fans forum a couple of days ago said that it's, it was a mistake hiring two win now trophy managers. Of course, we've gone back yeah. to our DNA playing attacking yeah. football on the front foot, and Foster Coglu's come in. Some fans. Uh, were, were very worried about the appointment in the summer. I yeah. think when fans went away, done their research, they, they realised that this guy is the real deal. He's managed for many, many years, been successful everywhere he's gone, hasn't managed in a, a, a top five European league before Spurs. Yeah. Um, but everyone is fully on board right now. What, what have you made of the appointment and what have you made of Tottenham over the last few years? Well, let's, let's not forget, over the last few years, you finished above us. You know, let's not forget... You played some. You had a fantastic team um, under the potch, where he got where he had all the ingredients in order to actually change and win trophies. But you got a bit unlucky because when you put one, played the FA Cup semi final in um, twenty seventeen, you played against the Chelsea going for the league, good team. And then the year afterwards, when you got the semi final, you played a very good Man United team. And then when you got to the League Cup final in 2015, before that, you played a Chelsea team that's going to win the league. And then in Champions League final, you played Liverpool. So in layman's terms, you've, you've come really close. You mm. had a fantastic team. I mean, there was one time in 2017 where you, you finished behind Chelsea with six points. But all your, all your players, Ericsson, Song, Kane, Ali, all scored about 15 goals or more. So it's not a case of you haven't done well, but the problem is, is that when it came to that second level, in terms of going for that league, Levy didn't, Levy didn't spend the money. And then what happened is that you went kind of backwards. Like Even though you got the Champions League final that year, you're, all, you're already in a bit of decline. Kane wasn't fit for that final. You know, who's going to tell Harry Kane, your best player, that, oh yeah, by the way, you're not, 50, you're not 100% fit. You're not playing that final. Or, or a brave, whoever does it, Deserves a medal because I wouldn't be able to do that. And then, so that for that season, you really and really close. And I think what the football you're playing is that you played a very like pressing game where you strangled the opposition. Deli Ali was getting forward in a kind of Frank Lampard way, playing his best football. But when what was happening is that you didn't evolve the team, you weren't enhancing that. And then you've got the two world class managers. And let's face it, hindsight is twenty twenty. If someone told you that you're getting Conte and Mourinho, you would have been jumping with joy because they're winners. Yeah. They won the Europe, one's won the won the premiership, won it everywhere. The other one's won two Champions League final. You don't say no to those managers. But the problem mm. is those managers thought they were doing you a favour by being there. Yeah. So there was no way that they worked their nuts off to build something at Tottenham. 
in, to, in order to evolve as a team and then eventually challenge. They, they, when you get managers like Mourinho and get managers like Conte, they're managers for the finished article when you've got a world-class players already and then they teach you how to win. But if, you, if you're getting managers to try and build something, it's not happening. You know, and, and, and that is the problem you've had. Another, you, another problem you've got at Chelsea, uh, sorry, sorry, Chelsea, sorry about that, Spurs, is that you've got, you've got two problems. One's called Daniel, the other one's called Levy. I don't care what anyone says, that's your problem. He's never, ever going to spend the money you need in order to compete with the big boys. So he's always going to do it, do it on a cheap. Like, for instance, you can have a great season with Ainge, and then Ainge is going to knock on the door and say, right, to get myself, get us into the next level where we can challenge on a regular basis, I need A, B, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And Levy said, well, I can't afford A, B. I can't afford all of them, but I can give you A and B. That's not enough. Because he's, yeah. and that's the problem you've got, got at Spurs. You've got the yeah. fan base. When I was growing up, the big five clubs in the 80s were Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool and Man United. If this doesn't work at range, you're going to be another Everton. Because remember, Everton won a won the FA Cup in 95. They've won nothing since. All right, they're catastrophic. They're going to get relegated. But for a club of your size, you have to win a trophy. That's why I was shocked at your lineup against Fulham. But oh, don't start me on that. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Unless that was the time when you should have been challenging on a regular basis under Poch. And then he sacks the Poch and he gets to two, two world-class managers. I think with Ange, a lot of people look at Ange and they don't, they, don't, they don't know Ange. They just look at an Aussie and they think, right, Aussies and Americans don't know football. But you go Ange, he's, he's gone all over the world and he's won things. He's yeah. an ambitious manager and his dream was to manage in Europe with the Premiership. He, he's not going to settle for that. Trust me, he, 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 probably, he probably feels that if he does a good, a good a job at Tottenham, if Real Madrid come calling, he'll go around Madrid. That's, that's the manager you need. But you're only going to be able to progress if Levy moves it, moves it up. Like, for instance, you've got a team that, who knows, maybe they're good enough to get in the top four, maybe they're good enough to challenge. But the next season, you've got to be better. You know, not so level, and that's what Levy didn't do under the potch. You kept the same same players, but you didn't evolve. Another problem you've had as well was the Harry Kane situation as well. Under under Mourinho and Conte, you didn't have a midfield. You had Benton Court, but he got injured. So what was happening is that your best player was also your best your, your Peter Beardsley, and then and then Ian Rush. But in terms of your midfield, when we played you at White Lane last season, I still call it White Lane. 
we had so many, so much space in that midfield because yeah. of the midfield. And this is this is the area where this season, especially when you play us against Sunday, that midfield is going to be a key area. You're going to need, you know, Bazuma and Sart have worked their nuts off in order to sort of like win that battle. You win that battle, you've got half a chance because you've got runners like Song's playing good football. Last season, Song was half half fit. This season, he's fully fit. You've got Kuluszewski, who's been a revelation for me. I, I rate, rate him highly. Richarlison, I don't know where you bought him, but you you know the, you know your club better than me. I'm just a voyeur. You you there's probably you probably see something I don't see. You bought um, Milo Solomon as well. Fulham on loan. You know he's ready at the national. Again, if you're going to challenge next season, you've got to get better than Richarlison and Milo Solomon. That's the key. And that's one of the reasons why he stagnated and sort of nagged backwards because you're not spending this. Gary, let me come to you on that exact point that, that, that Kenny's mentioned there. In a recent interview um, that actually came out today, Daniel Levy, and it wasn't the fans forum, it was another interview. He said, we're not a club that can buy success. Now, the way that I see it, and I, I, and I want to ask you the question of what do you think the real difference is between Spurs and Arsenal at the moment? Because what I see what I see in the summer, when you're going out and spending £105 million on Declan Rice, and I know Daniel Levy even said in the fans' forum and in the uh, fan advisory board minutes, um, it's not all about spending big money on big players because sometimes it doesn't work. Tongion Dombele, Giovanni Lasso is a perfect example there. But do you think that Spurs, um, with Daniel Levy running Tottenham, do you think that we will ever be title contenders going out, splashing the cash, showing real intention because it's sad for me to say that's exactly what I feel Arsenal are doing at the moment. They are. And and I have to touch on what Ken said because annoyingly I, I like Ken and I think he talks a lot of sense. The way he said about Ange, it, it hurts me to say, but he's an Arsenal fan that talks a hell of a lot of sense. And, you know, you know our club probably better than what some Tottenham fans do, mate. You speak a lot of sense. You really, really do. And I just want to echo what you said because... That is the issue, Chris. You know, as long as we have Daniel Levy, you know, listen, look, Madison I love. Madison is like a new age Paul Gascoigne. He's amazing. But again, we only got Madison because Leicester got relegated and we got him for 40 million. You know, Daniel Levy's not going to go in for a player for 105 mil like what Arsenal done. You know, Liverpool, when they lost that Champions League final against Real Madrid, that was it. Goalkeeper come in. Van Dijk, you know, it strengthened, strengthened. You know, Ken talks about, he's spot on. First of all, Ken, you mentioned about the Champions League final. That still haunts me now. You know, you talk about you not winning the Premier League. That still haunts me. And I, and I to this day, still believe if we played Lucas Moore in a final, we would have won it. Because Kane always needs two or three games when he comes back from injury. So that in itself. And I don't know if Daniel Levy was involved in that to make Harry Kane play. You know, being the England captain and being an English player and stuff, that all plays a part, you know. But going back to what you said, Chris, I, I generally, I don't think we will ever go fully out and go for them players and strengthen fully like we need to because of Daniel Levy. And look, I watched, you know, the um, the supporters thing the other day, watched a whole hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was. And as you know, they're all structured questions and everything else. But ultimately, the answers that he's giving doesn't really give you much hope or positivity going forward. Do you know, they're just structured questions and it's the same old answers. So it's like what Ken said, A, B, C, D and F, he might get in A and B and then the rest of the ones he's going to negotiate. And, you know, and also 
I get what he's saying. I've spent money here and there, but you need to do something with your with your scouts, your coach, your recruitment, because some of them players we've got in have been absolutely useless, and it goes back to that as well. You got to make the right right signings. You know, you shouldn't be buying a Sanchez for forty five bloody million. I mean, when you look at it, we paid more for Sanchez five six years ago than what we've paid for Madison now. Just let that sink in for a minute, because. That's absolutely ridiculous. You look at Endombele, 65 mil or whatever. Now, look, I would say with Endombele, if there's a player in there, he's just lazy. But he does have technical ability. But in regards to Sanchez and that signing, you know, when you're talking about from 2017, the players didn't change much. When you've got Dyers and Sanchez's and you're going for players like that in your team, we're not going to win nothing, you know? And then when we do get to a Carabao Cup final where we have a big opportunity... He sacks the manager a week before. I mean, that says it all. You know, like what Ken um, touched on earlier, which, you know, again, is why I say to Ken, I, go, I can't help but like him, and it annoys me because he's an Arsenal fan, but this happens a lot with me because some Arsenal fans, not all of them, but some of them talk sense, especially the old school ones. And, again, he's done some stupid, stupid decisions and stuff with the club. And do I have 100% faith in Daniel Levy? No. Do I think we can win something this season? I did before he made nine changes in the Carabao Cup. You know, I don't care what Ange comes out on Talk Sport and in that fans meeting and says, I don't, I don't want to hear, well, we're a club striving for more than that. And I'm looking at the bigger picture and I want us to be in top four and I want to win this and I want to win that. Listen, top four every season. You know, I remember when Arsenal used to get in top four every season and Arsene Wenger was getting grief for it. At the end of the day, we ain't won a trophy since 2008. Go out there and win the Carabao Cup. You get that done, you've still got the rest of the season to end. That builds confidence and you go on from there. You get the monkey off your back, you win the Carabao Cup, and then you can carry on from there. And if we ended that season winning the Carabao Cup and finishing 10th, are you telling me Spurs fans wouldn't be happy? If they wouldn't be happy with us winning a trophy and finishing out of the top four, then I don't think they're proper Tottenham fans. Because a trophy is a trophy, whether it's the Carabao or the FA Cup. But if you make nine changes... In that team that's facing Fulham, you deserve all you get. And unfortunately, like what Ken said, that's why I don't have a lot of faith in Daniel Levy and in Tottenham yet. Because if they're capable of making a stupid decision like that and making that many changes, who knows what the future is going to hold, you know? Gary, when I bumped into um, Spurs legend Paul Miller the other day at the Tottenham yeah. Stadium, um, I asked him that exact question. Do you think that Spurs and Ange Postacoglu will take the FA Cup seriously? He seemed to think that they would. Do you think they will? And what is your, you know, having having had this good, this fairly good start in the Premier League so far, I know, of course, we've got a couple of huge games coming up. As Kenny mentioned, you know, Arsenal away, Liverpool at home in the next yeah. uh, 10 days or so. Um, but what are you expecting in terms of league position? What would be successful for you? I can't see us finishing any, uh, any higher than six. I think six will be the highest we'll probably finish, if I'm honest with you. I think we'll play really good attacking football. But I think, you know, we're, we're gonna, there's going to be the, the usual suspects that we're going to lose. As much as I want to turn Arsenal over, I think that's going to be our first defeat of the season, annoyingly. I wish it wasn't, but it probably will be. I don't think we're going to get anything when we go to Anfield. And, and that's why I think it was crucial that the Carabao Cup against Fulham, we went all out of our strongest team and we progressed in that. Because when we do trip up in league games, which we will, we're still progressing in these domestic cups. And wins prove confidence. And, and, you know, maybe if we had beaten Fulham or in the next stage, maybe we could have gone to the Emirates or the Anfield with a slightly more 
better winning mentality. But I don't care what no one says. Yes, we've been good in the league and everything else. But do not forget that we have lost to Fulham in the Carabao Cup. Do not that slip past you. And do not underestimate that competition and say it doesn't mean anything. Because let me tell you, we are not good enough to say the Carabao Cup is not good enough to win. We are Tottenham Hotspur, mate. And that's a massive trophy for us. And every Tottenham fan needs to understand that us going out of that and making nine changes is unforgivable. And Kenny, you've just relifted all my anger with it. <laughs> it's funny. We, on, on this podcast so far, we've got Kenny being very complimentary about Tottenham. We've got Gary saying Arsenal are going to win the North London derby on Sunday. Yeah. Craig, we better I come love, to I you. Craig, let me ask you, um, what Arsenal players would get into the Tottenham team and what Tottenham players would get into the Arsenal team? Oh, that's a question, isn't it? Um, Declan, Declan Rice would push for a place, I think, in our, in our team. Saka. Yeah. Um, oh, Who are they replacing? Well, this is it. Yeah, I don't know. One of our players would have to be injured at the moment. Because if no, you'd ask me this... These are not meant to be easy questions. No, but I, I, do you know what? I th I'm getting back. Do you remember? You, I think you probably asked me this question, or were we doing it that long ago? Going back to the like the kind of pre-Champions League final, I think it was a gen, it was a genuine question on a, one of the Sky programs. And I, at the time, there was no Arsenal players. I think a lot of everybody agreed no Arsenal players would have got in the Tottenham eleven when we had Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Kane, Son, Ali. You know. And you couldn't really argue with that. Last year, I think probably half the Arsenal team would have got in our in our in our first yeah. eleven. Um, yeah. I love. I, I think Saka's a fantastic footballer. Um, would he replace Kulusevski? If I'm hand on heart, he probably would. Um, Declan Rice. Would he come in for Pat Matasar? As much as I love Sar, I'd say yes. I think he would probably get in over him. Um, Goalkeepers, I'm, although I wanted David Raya, having seen Vicario now, I think he's a cracking goalkeeper. And so I would personally just go with Vicario, even though Raya is a, a more known element, if you like. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to put too many Arsenal players in because that makes me sound defeatist. <laughs> but they're, so there's, there's two for you, 100%. And Martinelli, I think he's a, he's a great player as well, but I couldn't put him in over, over let's say, Son is going to be playing on the left. So... Um, de definitely those two for me probably probably would. Um, Kenny would probably have about nine others, I would imagine. But you know, it, I, I'm just looking after my own interests in my own team here, so uh, it, it's a very difficult question. That one, Kenny, let's come to you on that same question. What Spurs players would get into your Arsenal starting 11? Because even former player, former manager Tim Sherwood the other day said none of them. Oh, Tim Shaw. Well, Tim Shaw, I've got, I got beef with him because I, 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 I swear to God, that guy is the biggest gooner out there and, and, he, and he threw some at me. I mean, I mean who, who else, you know, like, you know, being interviewed by Match Weekly back in the 90s and saying, what was the best moment of your life? Oh, Alan, Alan Sun was scoring in the 1979 FA Cup final. Then all of a sudden, he joins Spurs and he denies all... Denies he's a gooner, but I'm a guest in this, so I don't want to accidentally me welcome. But you know, I've got issues with Harry Kane. I mean, he was one, he was one of us, and now he's you sing that song, he's one of our own. I mean, I don't know what song's worse, the Harry Kane was one of our own or that North London Forever song, but that's another story anyway. <laughs> but saying that, song, 
scares the living daylights out of me. Do you know how much I respect Song? I like Song. I love Song. He's clear, he's one of the most underrated players in the world. His stats since he's been at your football club, especially in the last season, have been world, world class. Yet he goes under the radar a bit. Yeah. For me, though, he mm-hmm. he he can play. He's, he's the only player I know who's equally good on two both feet. His heading's not the best, but no. he's got pace. He can play down the right, he can play down the left, he can play with his back to goal, he can play up front. Song all day long. I'm taking I'm taking song all day long. A year ago, I would have taken Matt. A year ago, when Martin Odegaard wasn't fulfilling his potential, I would have gone Madison over Odegaard, but Odegaard's playing some really good football at the moment. Benjamin White ain't a right back, but Poro is. And I do like the look of Poro, so I probably would have Poro in the end of um, Benjamin White. Sorry, in terms of defence, I like Marrero. I do rate him, but Saliba's playing really, really good football at the moment. And I think the partnership of Saliba and Gabriel is is up there, you know, in terms of the teams in the Premiership. F, the, you know, Song, so basically, I'll have um, Poro, I'll have, um, I'll have um, Song. I'm not a big fan of um, Sitchenko defensively. So I'll probably I'll probably like torn between him and a doggy, but in terms of like playing that inverted um, inverted way, because you play in inverted um, fullbacks as well as us, I think I'll have Suchenko just slightly ahead of um, a doggy because Suchenko, from an attacking point of view, would give us more. So the two players I'm having are I'm having Poro and I'm having Song. I'm tempted to have Romero, but the thing with Romero, he plays in the same um, centre half position as uh, Saliba, and I can't. I can't leave some Libre, so it's going to have to be more. I haven't seen much of Van der Ven. He's very untried, so it's got to be uh, two players at the moment. But I am tempted with Romero, but sorry, I can't leave out Williams and Saliba. Well, I knew uh, Richarlison didn't stand a chance, Kenny. Please. What you buy him for? How many goals? I mean, how many disallowed goals? I think he's got oh, too many goals and goals this last season. Joe. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He scored against Liverpool, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's gone through it mentally over the last couple of weeks, yeah, so we're with him well. But yeah, he had a, a fantastic twenty minutes uh, in the last game, and uh, I think that that will do him the world of good going into the North London derby. And I tell you what, would you start him on Sunday? I think he would be an excellent sub because he is a player that is going to wind up your defence, and, mm. and and you know we we know that the North London derby produces a number of red cards and. Yeah. There, there might just be that moment where Richarlison just winds up one of the Arsenal defence. And Royal played by the charts. I hope Emerson Royale's playing this Sunday. <laughs> I, you know, I hope he's playing Emerson Royale. You know, maybe you could bring on Dyer as well because he, he's. Oh, no, no. He's a a, oh, sorry. I know no, what, what Dyer would do. It, yeah, but one thing about Dyer, I just hope one of our fans don't slag, slag him off or something. Or, because he'll just run up, run up, run up in the stands and try yeah, to well, hit him. <laughs> That's yeah, the fastest he ever ran. Kenny, can I, can I ask you? Um, you mentioned um, about the goalkeeping situation earlier. Mm. Of course, it looked like in the summer that the Spurs were going to sign David Raya. Yes. Um, of course, Arsenal ended up signing David Raya. Mm. A lot of people, you know, raised their eyebrows, thinking, "Well, Ramsdale's in there as number one." Well, Arteta. I, 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 is... I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you were raising your eyebrows. 
You ain't watching us enough. Well, Ramsdale, uh, if you want me to put it bluntly, Ramsdale is not a, a, a top class number one. He's, at, but, but, he's above average. Kenny, the, the thing is, though, Arteta in a recent press conference turned around and said that he may swap the goalkeepers waffle. during the game. What, what do you make of that? Waffle. He's, he's completely out of waffle. Everyone knows that you don't rotate goalkeepers. I've never seen a goalkeeper getting rotated. You only have to, you only have to go down a district line and go to Chelsea and see what happened there. Yeah. That Carlo Cuccini, who, who played for you, he was an established number one. They got Petr Cech. Was there competition for places there? No, there wasn't. Petr Cech became the number one. He, in fact, he even played the cup games. The same thing when, um, you know, um, Courtois came back from Atletico Madrid. Petr Cech was established number one. Did Petr Cech play any of the games? No, he didn't. It's all... Ramsdale's been dropped. End of. You can, you can, you can. There's a lot of Arsenal fans who, you know, who love Aaron Ramsdale. They think his dad's Nick's a great time. They like to have Nick, his dad, on the podcast. It's a footballing decision, which I agree with. Ramsdale is not great with his feet. His distribution is very poor. In fact, if you look at some of the games where we lost the league, the common denominator is Ramsdale. Look at the Southampton game. Look at that. Look at Fulham two weeks ago. Or even look at the Man United game where when. You notice that when goalkeepers kick the ball out, one of the things that managers like, you know, your manager and, uh, you know, um, Ange Post, I can't even get me words out. Ange the Post. The it's post. not easy. And, um, and obviously Arteta. One of the things that managers don't like is giving the opposition control of spaces of play. For instance, when a goalkeeper kicks the ball out, if it goes straight to the opposition, they can start an attack. And that's what happened against Man United. A lot of that game, if you look at, there was one instance where he's kicked the ball out. They started an attack. He's had to make a save from Martial. And that's all come from his kick out. Now, if you look at Raya, he passes to a red shirt. And if he is going to kick it long, it goes straight to a winger. And I think that's the same reason why Joe Hart got bombed out by, um, you know, um, Guardiola all those years ago. If you're a top-class goalkeeper, you're no good with your feet. You're not playing. So all this stuff about Ramsdale being linked with Bayern Munich and Chelsea, it's not going to happen unless he improves his distribution. I mean, if he was, if his distribution was top class, he'd be England's number one. He isn't. It's Pickford. And that's the thing. He's, he, he's good enough to play for a, a team outside the top, top four. But, but within Liverpool, Arsenal, even Man United... Definitely, um, you know, Man City. He's not good enough to play for those teams. Raya is. We've got a num- proper number one now. Like, despite despite the fact that you had Lloris, you know, he's making mistakes towards the end. He wasn't. Yeah. He was your leader. Obviously, age caught up with him. That's the prototype of goalkeeper big clubs need. Ramsdale don't fit that DNA. Can I take it you think that Raya will start against Spurs then on Sunday? Raya's Arsenal's number one. Don't. Ayers Nasser number one. He's been signed to be Arsenal's number one. And then at the end of the season, he'll when we when we um pay the rest of the money to Brentford, he'll be our number one for many years to come. Ramsdale's Ramsdale's dropped. There's no rotation. Not not in a million years. No, no, I don't know any keeper who gets rotated. The last time I've seen keeper get rotated was Ron Greenwood did that in the 70s and 80s with Peter Shilton and Ray Clements. That was then. Never seen it before. Not going to happen. 
Craig, let's come to you. Um, would you expect and Pozzacoglu to make any changes uh, to the team that beat Sheffield United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last weekend? To be honest, injuries aside, which I don't think we've got any at the moment, such would the only player I could see him swapping out if he does want to go a bit more defensive would be Porro and bring in, um, bring in the GOAT, Emerson Royale. Um, I, I, that's the only change I think he'd make. Um, I, I just can't see him changing it. I think Richarlison will be on the bench. I think you're right. I think he's a good, good sort of super sub, if you like. Um, I just, I just don't think he's going to make any changes. To be honest, no. um, I think we're going to miss um, Perisic coming on if we need him because he's he's been phenomenal. Um, such a shame that he's done his ACL, but. Um, Brian Gill's on his way back, but I don't think he's going to make the squad for this. I think it's a bit early. So we're obviously a player like there, someone that can change it. And I'm sure you've seen Kenny Perisic has changed things when he's come on from the bench. In fact, both substitutes, all substitutes on um, yeah. the game at the weekend made made a difference and, and won us that game. Um the one thing I hope they do change, what really winds me up, and I'm sure there's other managers, but Arteta does it all the time, seems to get away with it. He's stepping out of his bloody technical area. I know it's a minor thing, but it really gets on my nerves. I think he should, be, he should be fitted. Any manager should be fitted. One of those electrical packs you get, and every time mm. he steps out, it should buzz him and give him an electric shock because it really, really <laughs> winds me up. I, it really I, does. But that's Craig, a minor thing. The referees have got Arteta's number. He's, he, you know, he, he's getting, he's always getting spoken to. Even yesterday, he got spoken to. He's, he's one of those things like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I think loads of Clock coaches now. They're getting yellow cards now, isn't it? Yellow, yellow and reds now. Yeah, should be. Well, yeah. whilst on the subject of referees, Rob Jones will actually officiate this game. He's taken charge of fifty-three Premier League games so far, but this will be his first London derby. Gary, what have you made of the? Uh, of refereeing so far this season because, of course, VAR was meant to, you know, it was introduced to really improve the game. Do you think it's improved the game? Do you like VAR? What have you thought of the standard of refereeing so far? Well, God, how long have you got with that? I mean, it's just comical, really. I mean, look, I've, I've said to a lot of Arsenal fans this week and, and fans of all different teams, and Sunday will be no different. There'll be controversy. There'll be bad referee decisions. There'll be VAR decisions that people won't understand why they've gone that way and not the other. Like, you literally don't know with the offside rule and handballs. I don't, I don't know whether we're coming or going. And regards to refs, I mean, this is the issue I have with at the Emirates. And don't get me wrong, they had it when they came to ours the other season as well. It's the fans, and the fans will get behind the ref, and I don't care what anyone says, they're influenced. And when Son got, can't remember, he got sent off, that was a very minor touch. Now... If that was at the Emirates, there's no way he's getting sent off. But at White Hart Lane, the Arsenal player's gone. And this is the problem we have. I can see Romero getting a red card or a Tottenham player or something. There's going to be a lot of bookings because when you go to the Emirates, and let's face it, you know, every single supporter, whether they're five years of age or eight years of age, know what that, what that game means. And they're all up for it and they're all going mental. And I don't care what referee it is, he's influenced by it. Um, and as soon as VAR say to that ref, I think you should go and have a look at the monitor. That's it all day long. So I will better guess 
there will probably be quite a few bookings the sending off and there'll be a penalty and there'll be lots of VAR decisions. So in regards to the North London derby, um, unfortunately, a lot of it is going to be about the referee decisions of VAR and not as much about the actual football. And that will be the sad thing about Sunday because I think everyone's expecting this great game and everything else. But what you're going to find is it's going to be spoiled slightly by the referees and by the VAR decisions. And and it's been like that for most of the games. You've only got to look at um, Tottenham, Sheffield United. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous, that ref, you know, for both teams, really. It was just absolute nonsense, you know. And then you, you look at some of the decisions, even against Arsenal, they've had some of the decisions Arsenal have had this season. I'm a, I'm a Tottenham fan. And you can laugh at it when it happens to Arsenal, you know, in different clubs. But some of the decisions, mate, with the offside rule and handballs, it's comical, really. It really is comical. And what makes it worse is, after this North London derby on Sunday, you're going to have them coming out afterwards and apologising and saying they got that one wrong and they got this one wrong. And then on Monday at 11.30 on Ref Watch, you're going to hear him say it, where they got that decision wrong in the North London derby and they got that wrong. Whether that means we lose the game or nick a draw like we did against Chelsea, because that was another ridiculous ridiculous decision yes it went our way but how can Romero pull him over by his hair and we still get a corner from that and score great because it was for us but that shows you how ridiculous VAR and refereeing is and and unfortunately that's what a lot of the talk is going to be about on Sunday and Monday so that's how I feel about the refs and VAR <laughs> great if it goes your way but when it doesn't, it, it's a real killer and it and it hurts and it winds you up, especially when they come out afterwards and say, yeah, we got that one wrong. It's too late then, isn't it? Kenny, what about you on the standard of refereeing in the Premier League? Is it good enough? Well, the thing about VAR, VAR works in other countries. You know, our cousin Europe seems to be doing all right. But the problem is, is that our referees are, not the, are no longer the best in the world. They we used to have some really, really good referees. But I think the thing with VAR... You can't put the genie back in the bottle because when, before VAR, all, all we used to hear from, you know, um, fans, pundits, players, the referees need more help. So if you're asking for more help, you've got, then v, you've got to have things like VAR because I think the thing with football, we don't like changing football. We're very happy for it to happen in other sports. Like, for instance, cricket have had, like, cricket have had um, video technology for years. I mean, they've had it for about 30 years. So's rugby. But in football, we don't like we don't like video technology. Let's trust the refs. But when the refs get it wrong, we're all up in arms. So I'm okay with VAR because simple reason is that you know the day, it's not great, but I, I would I would rather trust the accuracy of uh, video video technology than a, a layperson who's prone to make mistakes because he's human. And that's why I'm, I'm a fan of it. It's not been great, but I think the reason why we're having problems with VAR in this country is because our referees are substandard. Even the best referees, the most re moan referees, still make mistakes, even with VAR. I promise you now, if you went to Italy, you went to Spain, you went to France or Germany, you won't have these problems with VAR because they, 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 their referees are better. They have the higher standards. You have to look at major championships. You know, when was it, you know, involved in, um, you know, World Cups and European Championships? Some of the referees don't even get to, the, you know, the, 
you know, like to the lockout stages because we're so yeah. good. And I think that's the thing with VAR. It's here to stay and we just have to make it better. And if we can't make it better, make sure we get our referees are better, train them better, you know, make sure they're fit enough to get around the pitch. Make sure that, you know, that they are consistent, you know, you know, make sure that there's no interpretation. Like the handball rule is one of the most frustrating rules ever. It's either handball or it isn't. Yeah. The ball's not meant to hit your hand. So if it's not meant to hit your hand, doesn't matter if it's accidental, it's handball. Mm. Simple, you know. But the problem we're going to have on, sun on Sunday is because it's a derby, referees want to let the game flow because it's a derby. And that's the thing. We can't have it both ways. We want referees to enforce the law, but we get frustrated that in a derby match, full bloody derby with robust midfielders on both sides and pacey wingers and players like Romero, who, who, who loves a tackle. He's a bloody, he's an, Argent, he's an Argentine. They, they, they love a battle. They're aggressive. Yeah. We want, we want the game to flow. You know what I mean? And I think that's the pro, that's where we're going to be talking to, you know, between, you know, two, um, you know, they'll say two lovers. We love aggressive North London football, tackles going in, passion, snarling, Arsenal fans snarling at Tottenham fans, they're snarling back. Let's meet you at meet you at Holloway Road. Oh yeah, yeah, you wait till I get down. You ain't gonna be wearing that shirt when you walk down the gauntlet. We love that. <laughs> we love that. I love it. Yeah. Old school, I love it. But yeah. what but if you want to pay down and let all the law, then then it's got to be a letter of law, and then you are, then you all have bookings and sending offs. So we're torn by it, and that's the reason why probably our referees aren't the greatest because our fans love the game at a frenetic pace. You know, Graham Sinek says this football's a man's game, and we love that, and that's why we are going to have loads of inconsistencies. Like yeah. in, in in you know abroad, if you raise your boots and you show your stats, that's a freak. That's that's a, that's a sending off. It's clear in England there's too much interpretation. No referees don't, you know, bat for the same team, don't sing the same hand sheet. Until you get them singing the same hand sheet, they referee like they do in Europe, forget Derby days, forget the Liverpool main mm. the big game, just go by the letter of the law. I think we'll have less problems. VAR we will appreciate VAR and we'll be like the rest of Europe, but we won't let that happen because we like our football passionate. Kenny, you mentioned the fan singing there. Um, I take it the Emirates still isn't very quiet then. Oh, God. You used to say that about Ibury, didn't you? Say it's a library. Look, we I think we've improved our atmosphere. Um, because I think we I don't know, man. Should I mention the Ashburton Ashburton Army? Can I ask? I think you two are gonna start taking a mickey. You let, let me ask atmosphere. you. Kenny, let me ask you, when, when Spurs beat Arsenal 3-0 um, under Antonio Conte at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, that, that atmosphere that evening, have you ever witnessed anything like it? Look, your, your fans always create a, a great atmosphere. That's why I always love Northland derbies at the Emirates. Because mm. I love the fact, I, in a perverse sort of way, I used to love it in, at the old library when you used to have all the clock ends. I loved it. I loved the fact yeah. that in a 60,000 stadium, you had 15,000 fans. I loved it. It felt like a cup final. Yeah. So, so I love that atmosphere. Our, our, and I like the, our fans to be the same, but you've got to remember, it, we at Arsenal, until last season, we've waited for the players to get us excited. 
to get us off our seats. Even at, at Highbury, there were there were certain games where if it spurs, then the passion takes care of itself. It was Man United. It was one of those games. I think for big games, that's that's when the sort of um, when the passion at the Emirates is the atmosphere is fantastic. But you look at last season. I know it's only Bournemouth, but when we got that 97-minute equaliser from, um, you know, Reese Nelson, I'll tell you one thing, the whole stadium shook. I thought I was going to get crushed because there were so many bodies that, you know, amongst us. But yeah. it depends on your position. Like, for instance, you can't tell me that Spurs fans, um, like, you know, when they play Sheffield United, the atmosphere was buzzing. But it was probably yeah. buzzing towards the end of the game because you scored your equaliser in, in the in injury time and you scored yeah. your injury time. So the stadium would have come off, the roof would have come off because of how the game dictated. But yeah. I know that when Spurs, Man United, so when Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, West Ham and Man City come over, the atmosphere takes care of itself. You hate West Ham, they hate you. You hate Arsenal, we hate you and and, and Chelsea. So they, I think that sometimes when you talk about atmospheres at grounds, it depends on the opposition sometimes. Yeah. I think Arsenal's no different. I, I don't watch Spurs. I wouldn't watch Spurs unless you're playing Arsenal. But I, there's no way you guys can tell me that every game at the Tottenham Hostess Stadium is a white-hot atmosphere. Oh, no. Far from it. Yeah, you're right, Kenny. You're right. Um, but you do watch this podcast. That'll do for us. Oh, um, I always watch your podcast. I mean, <laughs> the amount of times you've been, you've been in, you've been in the moat in the in the car doing it. I mean, yeah. I, th- I thought my mate Lee Gunner. I thought Lee Gunner was the one who was the that's that's the that's and Lee. We might, we should be calling you Dats and Chris, in it. Dats and Chris. I just love it. I love it. I love it. These guys are in their warm houses, you know, because yeah. they haven't gone to the away games. Here's you in the cold. I don't know. Do you stop? Do you, you might. I tell you the amount of mileage you do, you must, you must. Kenny, I tell you what, the amount, the amount of times that the guests are sitting in their nice warm houses and they're late for the show. <laughs> oh, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig and Gary, I'm going to ask you in a second your favourite North London derby moments. Um, I just wanted to ask Kenny first. Um, Kenny, obviously you were at the Emirates Stadium last night as Arsenal beat PSV four 0 in the Champions League. Best Wins, wins so far in the Premier League against Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Man United, Everton and a draw against Fulham. Um, what are the Arsenal fans overall, what are they thinking ahead of this North London derby? Are you all confident that you're going to win yeah. or are you worried about Spurs playing some good entertaining football? Well, the majority of Arsenal fans are very confident because they they haven't read the memo regarding them and they haven't regarding them, you know, what's going on with Posta Coglu. I still can't pronounce the name, but yeah, I'm going to call him the post. Big Ange, easy, big really, Ange, really, easy. Big Ange. Yeah. And playing really good football because what they do is they go on the experience because if you look at North London derbies, it's always gone with home form. Mm. Like, you smash us at, at the White Tottenham Hospital Stadium and we always beat at the Emirates. And I think yeah. the majority of Arsenal fans expect us to win because it, we're playing at home. Yeah. And because we know that our players are going to our players are going to be really up for it because we yeah. won't expect anything less to extent that even Havertz we're expecting Havertz if he starts he has to be up up to it as well and that's one of the reasons why I think majority of fans haven't read the memo yet I'm cautious because I've seen you play I know what you're cap- what you could be capable of but 
I'm more confident of us winning after what I saw last night because we, we're back to we're back to playing some really good football. I think that first half was probably our best performance, even better than some of the games we played last season. Yeah. yeah. Kenny, I'm going to ask you now. What's your score prediction? Two one Arsenal. I think I think I think it's going to be a good game. I'm, I think Craig and um, Gary are right. A referee is going to decide it. There's going to be some controversial controversial moments. Yeah. There will be bookings. There'll probably be a sending off. Yeah. Romero, with players yeah. like all right, Martinelli isn't going to be there because I think he's not going to be fit. So I, I think he's. I think you know, you're not going to be worried about his turn of pace, but you still got Saka. And I, I do think that it will be a, a situation where a couple of moments, refereeing decisions. I think that at the moment Odegaard's playing really good football, and he's got a goal in him. I think Jesus is back, and he's going to make, he's going to test your defence, not just your centre ass, but your your whole back four where you want to be able to be on the front foot, you want to invert. I think with Jason and the team, you're going to do more defending than you would like. And then that's where I haven't seen enough of Spurs doing that. I've only seen you in attack. I've seen you on the front foot dominating games. The question, the question and the litmus test is, what are you like on the back foot? What is Ange like on the back foot? What is Ange like under pressure? Because we're going to put you under a lot of pressure. We're going to come out like a train mate. Like a train, like a like the you know like the Gatwick Express, you're not going to know what hit you. You can survive that and still come out the other end and win. I just have to put my hands up. That's the litmus test. But I, and that's why I think that at the moment I don't think you've got that in you from a defensive point of view. And that's why I think we'll win because we're playing at home. At, the, at your grounds, the way you're playing you'll probably smash it to pieces because home form seems to be taking North London derbies. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Before I get your memories, I, I agree completely with Kenny. I, I, I yes. was fairly confident going uh, to the Emirates on Sunday. And when I watched that PSV game, uh, I've got to admit, when it was 3-0, I switched it off and watched the Man United game. And then uh, switched, switched it back, it was 4-0. And then I got Kenny's email. I thought, oh my God, this North London derby <laughs> on Sunday. Um, what's your score prediction? I think, uh, yeah, two-two. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna say why. I, I, I just think two-two. I can't put us down to lose. Um, it, had I thought, like I say, last season I would have put us down to lose. I, I do rarely predict. I do try and be honest and say what I genuinely feel. But I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw uh, against against Arsenal on Sunday. Right, Craig, let's relive some good times. What's your favourite North London derby moments? Uh, I've probably got three. Uh, I'm going to go in reverse order. I'll go with number three. Um, Kenny's favourite, um, Eunice Cabal getting the winner um, <laughs> all those years ago. Uh, that, that, was, that was probably an undeserved victory, if I'm brutally honest. I don't remember much about the game other than that I was going mad. Hey, Xmas coming up. Xmas, Xmas coming up now. <laughs> and, and number two, number two would have to be the four-four when we came back and the last minute, uh, more or less last minute. For I think it was Aaron Lennon, was it? And Modric hit the post, and Aaron Lennon followed in. That was just Same. phenomenal, absolutely unbelievable. Because again, we shouldn't nightmare, have, nightmare. We shouldn't, shouldn't have got. 
he shouldn't have got anything out of that game, but we somehow did. But my favourite um, moment was another draw. We ended in the draw, but it was it has to be Harry Kane's goal when he ripped his mask off. It was just uh, I I can't the, the feelings I got when that goal went in, and I wasn't at the stadium. I wasn't lucky enough to be there, but you could feel it coming through the telly as you was watching. It was just the stadium roof came off, and I was there. Mate. It was, I was just I was there. I was there. just phenomenal. I was there. Really, yeah. It was it was just phenomenal. I can't imagine what it was like. I mean, everything about that, the way Deli Ali didn't give up on the lost calls in the corner, back heeled it to Kane, cut inside and just unleashed this shot. Curled, used the defender and curled curled one round and, and come on off the post. It was just you know, we would that was our we, we were top of the league for about fifteen minutes, I think, and, and at that stage of the season, I think if we'd held on to that and won, we I'm not saying we would have won the league because there's still work to do, but that, that was just a phenomenal, phenomenal moment. That Harry Kane mask moment, I was actually, um, th- there was a very posh fan uh, in front of me and I hugged him when, when Harry Kane scored and he told me to calm down. And I thought, <laughs> how on earth can you calm down when uh, Tottenham <laughs> have just scored against Arsenal in the North London derby? My God. Uh, but Gary, I'm sure you've got a few memories. Oh, yeah, there's there's so many. I mean, I wish there was more, but... I'll try, I'll try and change it up a little bit from what Craig's done, but I will throw in the Harry Kane mask one because, you know, uh, it was just absolutely amazing. I don't really need to see it, say anything else. But well, I'll change it up a little bit because I think the season before last, you know, I was in the South Stand when we completely sort of controlled them from start to finish and beat them 3-0 and stopped them getting top four in our back door and then going on and nicking top four off them. I mean, that atmosphere at the stadium in that 3-0 game and to win it like we did and to get their players sent off for something very minimal but some was very clever and stuff that just felt great because it wasn't just turning them over controlling them and just outplaying them and just being over clever for them it was stopping them getting top four so that was really sweet I'll go for a couple more I'd say slightly you carry on not hey eh? You carry on for as long as you like. <laughs> so this one's slightly different. I won't go for the 3-2 comeback. I won't go for the 4-4 draw, although I've watched them many times. And out of two, I actually preferred the draw rather than the win in those games. But I'm going to go for the Hugo Lloris save right at the oh. end. And then when it comes back in, and I don't know if it was... Was it Jan that managed to get it Fatongan. over the bar and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Fatongan, I mean, yeah. you know, I was behind the goal and wow, when I think about that, that was like... It was almost like a win. It was absolutely amazing. But there is only one winner. And you need to be of a certain age to remember this winner. And I was 16 years of age. I had bought a ticket off an Arsenal tout outside in 1991 for the semi-final. And I paid £50. And at the time, I was on a pound an hour stacking shelves. So my boss said to me, I'll give you the money, but you've got to work 50 hours to pay it back. And I went, yeah, I'm happy to do that. So I paid the Arsenal tout £50, which was the best £50 ever spent in my life. I hadn't even seen £50 before. I walked into Wembley that had the Twin Towers. And as I'm walking down, I saw a certain Paul Gascoigne walk up from about 37 and a half yards away from out of goal, kick that ball and left David Seaman on the floor crying and picking up the ball. And I probably saw one of the best free kicks ever scored in Wembley in my life. And that 
is why I absolutely love Tottenham Hotspur because beating Arsenal in the semi-final in 1991 is why I love my club and always will. Because that, for me, although I was at the cup final and we beat Nottingham Forest and I paid £100 for a ticket, I would have paid £500 for that semi-final ticket because beating Arsenal 3-1, the way we beat them with a team at the time, were going for the double, who were brilliant. And a Tottenham side that was struggling for money, who had to sell Paul's Gascoigne at the end of the season because mm. we had so much money problems. That will always be the best North London goal ever scored by a Tottenham player in my life so far. And I absolutely love Paul Gascoigne and Tottenham Hotspur for it. Love it. Jesus Christ. We'll build up like that. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I know I'm a guest in your, in, your, in your house, in your lovely home, but Jesus Christ, you better be nice to your guests. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Kenny, I, I don't think it's appropriate for us to ask you your favourite memories in the North London no, Derby. No, it is, it is. Is it? We'll give you 15 seconds. You're not going to like this. And I feel, I'm sorry, Gary. I'm sorry, Craig. No, I know you're right. this. 987 semi-finals. Uh, Half time, Clive Allen put you one nil up. Yeah, and Spurs ticket man was announcing tickets for the Little Cup final against Liverpool. No, he announced tickets, uh, and because you were tuning up on aggregate, Sammy Clive Allen scored a goal at Highbury. Yeah, I remember. We, we, we won two one, and then in the yeah. replay. We won 2-1 there. So that's a great memory. I've got another perverse one as well. <laughs> Lamine. I bet you have. 2-1 in the League Cup. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't even know he had it in him. We didn't have it in him. But that was, that yeah. was a great memory. But obviously, the best, the best, the best memory for me in terms of an Arsenal Spurs game. We know actually, it. was actually, you were tuning up at the Emirates in 2012. We were absolutely rubbish then. That's when I really yeah. wanted Arsenal Wenger to just disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. In footballing terms, of course. And we won 5-2. When, yeah. um, when um, Addy, I think, uh, was it, um, Addy Bayor and um, Zah, was it R- Saha scored to put you two up. Addy Bayor was playing for you. Bloody traitor. Hating me. <laughs> Absolute traitor. Not forgiven. And then we came back. Because I actually, you were actually playing a bet football then. I thought yeah. when you went to them up, I thought you could have got another third. I think you actually missed a chance to win, but that was a great game. But I could always add another one where when you won Boyle, the league. No, and no, Addy Boy will put you one here. Oh, don't encourage it. No, but one more, one more. <laughs> Let me have one more because I'm a guest. It was a game where you you should have thrashed us in the Emirates because you played beautiful football. It was probably your best performance. You went one nil up. Addy Boy put you one nil up. And then he got he got sent off, and then we went and won five two. That was just mega. If you had eleven men, I'll tell you now, you would have smashed us. You would have thrashed us because you're yeah. playing probably one of your you're probably you're playing superb football. It was out of this world. You were murdering us, and then he got yeah. himself sent off, and that was it. We won five two. So those are favourite moments. Yeah, Kenny, I don't I don't want to remind you about one, but one of the I hate to say this, but. I'm a polite person. One of the best goals I've seen was the Henri one where he dribbled yeah. past and you know, Jamie Redknapp was left in his wake and he, yeah. he just ran half the length of the pitch. I mean, that was a fantastic goal. Oh, yeah. Henri, yeah. I think Henri's the best player we ever had. But the thing is, you, I know you've got Arsenal fans, 
um, friends, Arsenal fans, or as friends. And I know Spurkamp is the, the best player I've ever seen. And I, you can't you can't argue that. I mean, I've got the best of both worlds. If someone says Omri's the best Arsenal player, I'll say of course. If I say Burkamp, I'll say I can't argue. So it, yeah, it's, it's two, two, two amazing players. players. It has to be said. It's, like for me, the best player, the best Spurs player I've ever seen in terms of natural ability is Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle yeah, Glenn Hoddle, amazing. Ever seen. In fact, in fact, the best manager you ever had outside Nicholson is Keith Birkinshaw. I don't know yeah. why Spurs fans call a poch. He never won anything. Keith Birkinshaw won yeah. two FA Cups and UEFA Cup. Why is he never Agreed. mentioned? Why is he never mentioned? Yeah. In, in, yeah. in, in that I hundred percent agree with you, Ken. I, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, I always love Venables. So, yeah. Kenny, Mark's asking, um, do Gooners like Pat Jennings? Yes, we love Pat Jennings because Pat Jennings is a gentleman. We, we, we respect the fact that Pat Jennings loved your, loved your club, that he was still at Spurs tripping, you know, tripping down his veins. But when he played for us for eight years, he gave us exemplary service and he's always welcome at Arsenal. Yeah, professional. George Graham is the best ever Arsenal manager ever had. He's better than Wenger. I'm telling you now on this show. Yet George Graham can't get a trophy, can't get a statue at Arsenal. Why? Three mm. the three iconic managers at Arsenal ever had: George Graham, Herbert Chapman, and Arsenal Wenger. Only two of them got statues. Why? Maybe because he went to Tottenham, though. George Graham. That might be why. Well, Alan, <laughs> yeah, but he did. He didn't leave Arsenal. Go to Tottenham. He got sat by Arsenal, and he joined you yeah. for me. He was. He won you your. One of your very few trophies, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the situation is, is that I look, I look at George Graham, and I think that if we can, if you guys, what I don't understand about Spurs fans is that you accept Pat Jennings when he left Arsenal, he left Spurs to go Arsenal. You don't, you won't, you'll never give Sol Campbell. I, have, I get it why you hate him, but if you, you but. Wasn't wasn't Pat Jennings joining um joining um Arsenal just as bad as Sol joining us? Or was it I think it was the way it came about, Ken. I think with oh, Sol yeah. Campbell there was a lot more dishonesty and lying and he, mm. he sort of deceived a lot of the fans yeah, and stuff. Um mm. whereas Pat Jennings and, and when it's happened before, they've been a lot more open and up front. I think Sol Campbell, the way he did it, was very sneakily and snide. And I think also since doing all of that. He still plays the victim now, but you know your cards marked, mate. And you knew yeah, when I, you were I, in that. Look, look, look. I'm, I'm with you on this because the other day, any yeah. Arsenal player that goes to Tottenham, I will never forgive. But I don't I think there's anything forgive. wrong, Ken, with a player going from Arsenal to Tottenham, whatever else. If everything's out in the open and people know what's going on, but I think the argument with Sol Campbell and with Spurs fans and why it eats away at me is he he misled the fans, the manager. It was the way it was done. Yeah. Is it because but you know, like he was your captain and he was like your leader and he was sort of the person you want to build a team around? Is it because you he always came across when he was at your club as Mr. T uh, Tottenham? You know, like you know, like Lady King's a Tottenham man. I always, yeah. I always saw Sol Campbell when he was with you guys, I always saw him as a Tottenham man, like and I always thought Teddy Sheridan was a Tottenham man, because yeah. you know, like when Sol Campbell left Tottenham. Was we knew he was going to leave Tottenham. There was rumours going about that he was going to join, that he was looking at houses in Manchester. That's what I heard at the time. Yeah, and we heard rumours that he was going to Italy, Milan. He was going to AC Milan. Look, I was just shocked as you when he came to us. I was stunned. I think, 
I think though, Ken, I think not a lot of Spurs fans would, would admit this, but I think if he went to Arsenal and wasn't successful, maybe the grudge wouldn't be as big. And mm. I do feel that plays a part in it. But mm. I would say ultimately it was the dishonesty in the way that he went about and did it. But if he had gone to Arsenal and wasn't successful in the years that he was there, I think a lot more fans would have forgiven mm. him. And probably me as well. So I mm. have to hold my hands up and say part of that resentment and anger for him is because mm. he did do so well at Arsenal. And, and I'm, I'm man enough and old enough and ugly enough to admit that. But I will say it's 50 him being dishonest in the way he went about it. And 50 that he did so well at Arsenal. You know, you know, you know, you know the situation is. I mean, that, that's probably why Daniel Lee never sells to a, to a, to a, like to a big club or even like because he remember he was he he became um, Tottenham chairman at that time, innit? He was Tottenham yeah. chairman at that time and sold left on a free. So I I get where you come from because yeah, it is the greatest act of treachery for any yeah. ask for anything. It's like Spurs. I repeat, our rivals, it's not May United, it's not Chelsea no. Spurs. I hate Tottenham because I've been yeah. brought up to hate Tottenham. And we don't I do business. Them. We, you know, like yeah. Arsenal do business with Chelsea and X, Y, and Z, but, you know, we don't do business, uh, Tottenham no, no, and Arsenal. And for, and for good look, reason. It, look, modern fans who don't understand the rivalry, yeah. they, all they look at is the football, the, the position of both teams. They don't get the geography, but the reason why. No, they, they don't know the history. Yeah, but the reason why is because we're. Because of TV, there's a diaspora of fans from yeah. like for instance, we've got Arsenal fans, not all most of our a lot of our fans come from Hertfordshire, Wales, you know, a lot of our fans are abroad, you know, yeah. all, over, all over the park. So we have to teach them the history. They yeah, get it, but they some of them get ingrained, but they've seen Arsenal challenge challenging Man United under Fergie and Ven. Finger, and then even though they've seen the Chelsea thing, so they, they think, well, how can you be rivals in Tottenham when they haven't? They don't get it. You know, no. it's history. We, yeah, you know, it, for instance, it annoys me when Spurs fans say, uh, "Call us Woolwich Arsenal." It really frustrates me. I'm a yeah. North London boy. How can you tell yeah. me that I'm that Arsenal not a North London club when all I've ever known, uh, being born and bred in Islington, brought up in Holloway, Finsbury Park, Andover Estate, you know, Crouch Hill. You know, like you know, Seven Sisters Road. You're telling me that Arsenal's not a North London club. That is like a swear word to me, because yeah. we're all a North London club. You know what I mean? What a way to end the show talking about Sol Campbell. I tell you what, Kenny, we're going <laughs> to oh, have to get dear. you back. We're going to have to get you back on the channel very, very soon. Right, uh, despite... Hopefully, it will be interesting what position we are. But last time we played Spurs, uh, around around near the end of the season, both teams were going for the top four. I'm telling yeah. you now, if if that's the best Arsenal can do, Arteta might as well take one of my Oyster cards, get himself down to Heathrow Airport, Terminal Five, and get the hell out of here because he ain't okay. <laughs> With that team, you need to challenge a trophy. I've got I've got a ton of Oyster cards. I know. Um, is it Heathrow Airport? So is it Zone Five or Zone Six? He don't win a trophy. Here's my Oyster card. Get on oh, the pick D line. You're not. I can take card. him, Ken, because I live right next to Heathrow. I'm only around the corner, so I can. Oh, you can give him a lift. You can give him a lift where he wants to go because he's at. Yeah. I, I want, don't come back unless you win a trophy, Mikel. No, I can pick Sol Campbell up on the way as well. I don't mind. Oh, don't mention that guy's name again on oh, here. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't want to mention it. I'm apologise. No, for that. you're all right, mate. Kenny, you're all right. Kenny, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, pleasure to be on the channel. It's nice to meet Craig. To actually do a podcast with Craig and Gary, I've seen your rats, Gary. Craig, I've seen you like 
little smirk in the corner with bloody here he goes again. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I, and I've seen fat, I've heard fat boy, innit? I mean, sometimes he's um, he's um, like Wi Fi ain't the best. <laughs> no, he's on, he's on after the Arsenal game on Sunday. Oh, well, tell him, give him my regards and, and say <laughs> it, was nice to, it was nice to see see him with Cindy Bill. Rubber face, Britain's got talent, guy. <laughs> Darren, yeah. Darren, um, yeah. Well, D Kenny, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And Craig, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find no you? Yeah, on Twitter if you want to. Uh, oh, it's not called, I keep on the Twitter, it's X, isn't it? Yeah, at Dearman9, send me a name there at the bottom if you want to give me a follow. That's, that's lovely. Kenny, absolute legend. Real, real nice chap and uh, a realistic and pretty normal Arsenal fan. So you do exist. So, yeah, that's great. <laughs> we, 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 we were supporting Arsenal when we had Terry Neal and die out. Well, we do. I, you, know, you get, you get it because you, you do think. I make Gary right. You watch AFTV, um, and you think everybody's like troops, and you're clearly not, are you? So uh, no. lovely. I know he's on. a great guy, but I, I think what's happened is that you know I think there's a generation amongst us. Uh, I'm not sure I get some of his street lingo sometimes. <laughs> You, you, you can't diss troops because uh, when, when I met him at the content awards, he said he watches this channel sometimes as well. And so he, uh, he was a lovely fella. Yeah. You know what? 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 You know You guys. Everyone watches yeah. you guys. Troops, all of us watch you because simple reasons that, you know, yeah. the way you guys talk about your club, I see passion. Mm. I see passion. I see frustration. And I, yeah. I felt it on the Arsene Wenger. I felt I was finger out. So I get it. I, I get yeah. the situation. You know, you know, if you, if you cut you guys, you come out blue, blue and white. I get it. You yeah. know, yeah. Arsenal. So, and I hate Tottenham. So good. It's good. Yeah. And Gary, lastly, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Yeah, Chris, look, as usual on your show, jumping on Instagram, TikTok, winding up as many Arsenal fans as I can. Because I absolutely love doing that. And if we do um, somehow get a result on Sunday, which I think is very unlikely, I'll be all over social media to, um, to wind them up. But I will just touch on what Ken said. You know, Troops, Lee Gunner, uh, Robbie, when I met them all, you know, I think you have to understand that, you know, social media and YouTube and stuff, it's a business, it's a show. Yeah. And what you see on camera yeah. is sometimes very different what you see off camera. And they're all just down-to-earth guys at the end of the day. Well, and, yeah. and Troops, Troops is a lovely fella. Troops, Troops exactly. And, and, you know, look, Troops was chatting to me, and he's like, he was like, look, Gal, me missus is a Tottenham fan. It drives me mad, you know? And I was yeah. laughing with him about it. And, Ken, listen, look, you're, you're of a generation where you're, you're an old-school Arsenal fan, so you go right back and you get it. So you've seen the bad times, the good times. Mm. You've, like, read the wave. So I respect that. And, um... Annoyingly, you're another Arsenal fan I quite like. Hey, look, so. look, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something now. I used to love watching Ozzy Ardiles play. I used to always respect Ozzy Ardiles and Villa for the football. Hate yeah. them because they always play well against Arsenal. But, you know, football's football. And I think that's when you get some, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm 51 now. So, basically, yeah. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Yeah. Well, but Kenny Craig. I'd say Burkamp. Burkamp for me was one of the mm. best players. I loved his his um, his game and how he played. Absolutely amazing. Killed me. He never came to Spurs, but it is what it he's is. He's a top fan as well. <laughs> no, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. Fan. I, I didn't. Is he really? Yeah. 
Verkamp Vinnie Jones was a Spurs fan. Roy Key was a Spurs fan. All these players you could have had. I didn't know Kenny, he was a Tottenham fan. We could talk to you all night, Kenny. Um, we'll definitely wow. get you back on the channel very, very soon. Um, Kenny, Craig, Gary, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we will see you at the Emirates after, hopefully, Tottenham have beaten Arsenal on Sunday. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.